Hello, and you're very welcome to The Week That Really Was with John McGurk and Sarah Ryan. It is the 21st of September, 2023. It is Thursday, as always with us. It is the day after the Great Battle of Kildare Street, which we're going to discuss in this podcast. But first, Sarah, how are you? I'm good. I um, was away in Belfast at the weekend, so I'm happy to be back, but had a very nice break. We had a, Belfast. We, we had a, you may have noticed, a free speech event in Dublin at the weekend I know, last. I was so sad to miss it. And lots of people were coming up to me asking where you were, which was a little bit deflating for my ego, I have to say. Um, <laughs> but they were like, where is Sarah? We love Sarah. And um, that's where you were. You were in Belfast. We obviously couldn't say that last week because we want everyone to know that you're away from your home. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, now, now we can now we can say you were there. Um, so you had a, a nice break. Yeah, I really am a fan of Belfast City. I have to say, um, but um, it was kid free, so it was very nice. Met up with some friends, and um, yeah, it was really good. I really recommend. Belfast for a little break because you're like up there in half an hour and a half like it's so accessible and just yep I don't know it is, it is. it's a, and so many people in this country have never been to Northern Ireland it's incredible sorry I'll get I'll get flack from some people for saying that some people in this part of Ireland have never been to Northern Ireland and and if you haven't been you really should good go. save John Good save. Yeah, good save. Anyway, it's become customary mm-hmm. in recent weeks for us to start this conversation with a critical or a praiseworthy. Uh, comment from a reader. I did it last week to you. You apparently have one for me this week. And by the way, I honestly, hand on heart, I don't know what she's going to say. She just told me before the show that somebody had a criticism of me and she wanted to read it out on air. So have at it. Yes. We agreed beforehand that you wouldn't know what I was about to say. Um, hold on, let me find it here. Okay. I'm going to, I'm just going to say, not referring to you, but there's bad language in it. So I'm just going to bleep that out. Um, so this person put up a screenshot of your statement or what you wrote about. It was a tweet. It was a long tweet with your thoughts on the scenes in Dublin. Yes. <clears throat> and they said, posted this. And then they said, uh, said, they said, put out that and then says this. And then they put a screenshot to your Twitter, a Twitter chain where somebody said, Unfortunately, grip media is a major source of the problem here and a catalyst for these scenes. And you responded, if our reporting accurately on the policies of government has caused such scenes, then perhaps it might be worth reflecting on the policies of government. So he's, um, he said, tell him to get an effing grip and stop dog whistling for these C words. Should have been a baton charge to clear that street. Now, <laughs> I said to him, All right, I will read this out to John, but I'm pretty sure John is on your side of this but anyway he thinks that you're being too light on the people who we will get to in a minute who are throwing bottles at politicians thoughts um well i said over what i said in the tweet i mean our job is to i mean cover the issues that aren't being covered and i am sorry first of all if our talking about the fact that there are lots of communities who are concerned about for example immigration upsets you if you would rather that we just didn't talk about that and censored it, then, you know, tough. That ain't going to happen. There are enough media outlets in this country who are looking at the political impact of what they write before they write it. That is not our job. We don't we don't have that. I mean, if we covered, for example, the protests in East Wall last year, and what we did was we sent down a video camera and we let local people speak, which I think is the right thing to do. Because in a democracy, you have to have these conversations. 
and you have to let people be heard. And I think when people aren't heard, that is one of the consequences. One of the consequences of that is the kind of dumb. I usually use bad language, but the kind of dumb assery that you see yesterday, to which I'll come to in a moment. But I mean, there is obviously a massive effort underway to conflate the actions of a few people yesterday, and again, we'll come to them in a moment, with everything you don't like if you're a liberal. So I saw Sharon mm. Kyogen, Kyogen, who condemned it straight away, being blamed. I saw Ronan Mullen, who condemned it straight away, being blamed. I saw David Quinn randomly getting blamed, even though he, he rarely speaks on these issues to begin with. It was just everyone we don't like is to blame. Um, and now, oh, by the way, we need the hate speech law. We need massive crackdowns. We need, you know, it, I mean, you couldn't make your opportunism clearer if you tried. I mm. mean, that th- that that is obviously a factor here. And I would respectfully submit to your correspondent, who I'm sure if they're corresponding with you as a person of good taste and, and good moral character, but I'd reflect, res- respectfully, respectfully suggest to them that they, they need to cop on a little bit. I mean, these are issues in society they're being talked about. Would you rather it was me talking about them or would you rather it was um, one of the 200 people there yesterday who was talking about them? I mean, we have a duty to talk about these issues, yes, but we have a duty to talk about them in a, in a sensible and, and uh, you know, a sensible and respectable way, respectful way. I would add this to anyone who says anything like that about GRIPS coverage. We are voluntarily members of the Press Council of Ireland. Voluntarily. No one made us sign up. We signed up voluntarily. Principle 8 of the Code of Practice of the Press Council bans us from publishing any in, any story that is likely to incite hatred or discrimination against a particular group or to use any kind of language of that nature. If you or anyone else can find an example of us having breached that principle, then I invite you, and I genuinely invite you, to make a complaint. I invite you to make a complaint because that's important because people should be accountable for they write for what for what they write, which is why we signed up in the first place. But I hear all this bluster, which essentially amounts to we don't like what you write because you're talking about things we'd rather not talk about. Which, by the way, is how you got into this mess in the first place. That's my response. Yeah, I mean, like I don't. Uh, I think that. Well, like let's let's get into it, right? I don't. I think you're right when you say that there's just blatant opportunism here to conflate one thing with another thing and see those people who don't agree with us, see how bad they are. See, 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 see. They're doing this. They're doing this. This is why they're bad, and we're the we're they're the baddies, and we're the goodies. But in my opinion, there's been elements at protests that are completely on the left, shall we say, in the past that there are scum people who show up at things like this looking for trouble. Anybody who's, I don't believe in my heart of hearts that somebody who is throwing a bottle at the head of a politician has done any thinking, like this, that's not somebody who's sitting down reading articles and going, yeah, I'm so enraged. That's somebody who just is a scumbag. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not that this person hasn't sat down and read was completely like, you know, an average Joe and then was radicalized by reading Brick or anything in the, like any uh, reading anything and then decided, you know what, and Michael Healy Ray of all people, like, yeah, no, I'm going to throw a bottle at his head. It doesn't make any sense because it's not sensical because the aim of the game is violence and trouble. And, you know, that's what they're getting their kicks from. They're not like, they don't have an ideology. They don't have, they're not thinking about anything. 
They're just scumbags. Yeah. By the way, can I just say, and, and, and first of all, what about her is not a good look on anybody. Um, mm. But in this case, I think it is warranted because there were two events not that far apart. Last Saturday in Dublin, there was a, a Let, Woman, Let Women Speak event. Um, and there was a counter-protest to that event. Now, the counter-protest was specifically advertised. People organizing that protest said the following. They said, bring drums, bring, bring whistles, drown them out, silence them, shut them up. Don't let them be heard. They showed up with uh, flags of Vladimir Ilyich Lenin. Um, they showed up with signs including things like suck my trans balls um, directed at women having a public protest just because they didn't agree with them. So I, I don't think we can pretend that there's been some kind of unprecedented breakdown in civility that only affects one side of the political spectrum. Um, and the the sort of polite tolerance uh, for, for that kind of extremism that exists in Irish society is quite incredible because you can literally stand there and say, I am a communist who wants to shut up women who disagree with me. And people will avert their eyes and say, oh, well, their hearts are in the right place. But then if you are a blithering idiot who screams at, um, and you are a blithering idiot if you scream at Michael Healy Ray in the street or throw bottles at people, you're, it's only the end of civilization. But can I talk now? Well, I think you? it's actually worse, like, worse than that, actually, John, because I don't think anybody sits at home, sees all that stuff and says, oh, their hearts are in the right place. I think most people sit at home and are afraid to say anything. Mm. I think they know exactly that, like, I think any rational, you know, free-thinking human being in, living in Ireland of, of adult age right now looks at that and has to know, I don't believe they don't know, deep down in their heart of hearts, that there's some kind of weird irony at a group of men showing up to drown out women because they're trying to have a let women speak event. Mm -hmm. I don't think any rational person. The difference is they're not going, oh, their heart's in the right place. They're going, I'm afraid to say anything about that because in case somebody calls me a bigot. That's yeah. what's the truth. Yeah. They're not, they, they, they don't think their heart's in the right place. They know what's happening. They're just hoping it never comes for them. You're right. You're right. Although I do think there's a subset maybe in the liberal commentariat that's kind of uncomfortable about this stuff when it thinks about it but then rationalizes, you know, people who are... As a means to an end. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Anyway, I want to talk a little bit about the aforementioned blithering idiots. Because, I mean, and I want to be absolutely unequivocal on this because I lost some, Grip lost some subscribers, five or six, yesterday for, because I was critical of this protest. Because apparently, because I'm conservative, because I agree with them on some issues, I'm supposed to endorse every idiot thing they do. Um, but that ain't happening. Um, and if that's what you want to happen, go somewhere else. And I say that open, go somewhere else. I, I, if you want a, an outlet that endorses every dumb thing that one side does, go somewhere else. I'm sure you can find one. But in relation to, um, to, to this specifically, I don't think the government or the advocates of the hate speech bill or the, the far left, the far right monitoring NGOs have had a better day this calendar year. I mean, you literally handed them on a plate everything yeah. they have been warning the public about in in, 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 in in absurd terms for a year. Oh, the far right are out to attack democracy. You know, what do we do? We'll beat up some TDs. Oh, the far right are, are rabid and, and, and abusive and threatening. What will we do? We'll, we'll have effigies hanging people. I mean, 
this this was I think what's happening here is there are a couple of people's egos who have gotten so out of control that they think this is this is you know that actually the cause the the cause they're fighting for doesn't matter as so long as they get to go and scream their heads off for a while and then call themselves patriots. I mean, go get in the sea, get in this. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you've shaken my hand at some event and said previously John McGurk is great. I don't care. I, I mean. If you're, if, if I'm going to be in the public sphere and comment on public affairs, I don't care if it annoys you. That was the stupidest thing I have ever seen, as well as being objectively on the face of it just ugly and unpleasant. I, I don't know. I can't say any more than that. Yeah, the the video of Michael Haley Ray was very like kind of. I think this word is overused, but anxiety inducing. It was just so horrible and, you know, like just really disturbing. But I don't think, I don't, I think that that was just a chaotic kind of, you know, as you say, group of egos, whatever. And, you know, like in, in exactly the same way as I think like a lot of people sit at home and agree with things or don't agree with things and are afraid to say so. Nobody in Ireland agrees with what you did there yesterday. Do, like, do you know? People have, there's a standard, like people do have a respect, like, you know, for for other people in Ireland. I, I really do believe that. And like, I think that the, the you know, normal free thinking Irish people just don't like that, will not stand for that kind of carry on, hate it. And I agree with my friend who messaged me about you, like that they, they, like, they should have water cannoned them. Like if you're throwing bottles at politicians like that and like swinging digs and and being like that or whatever, I think police should just do whatever they need to do to get you off the streets. Sorry, you know, but you know what, they'll carry on about the protest down in East Wall about the immigration, and they were like they looked like it looked like a a, a prayer gathering compared to these scumbags. Well, it's it's important to say obviously like I, I, this this is something that's important to say that obviously not everybody who went to that protest yesterday was either A, involved in, 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 in what went on, or B, would have wanted to be involved in what went on. Um, yes. Yeah. So some of them went there very legit. And it's important to say here, if you're still listening and you haven't turned off and disposed, that not everybody who was, who was at that event yesterday deserves blame in equal measure. But you know what? Uh, one bad apple can ruin the bag. Your grandmother told you that, and it's true. Um, and if you are one of those decent people who went along yesterday to make a point and suddenly find yourself caught up in that madness, well, you, you don't blame me. Don't blame Sarah. Blame the people who were there and started the madness for making you look like you were you were involved in it. Because I think that did, because uh, some of the people who were there were people from East Wall, I'm absolutely sure. Um, and they didn't deserve to have um, their sort of voice tarnished like that. But what it was, we talk a lot on this show, Sarah, about the mob when it's mm. the progressives, right? When we talk about like, you know, somebody getting cancelled and this online mob forms and everyone's lining up to take a kick uh, and how unpleasant it is and how awful it is mm. when that happens and how people just lose their minds in any sense of decency and kindness and just get carried away. That was the mob yesterday. That was the mob. That, that was the exact same mentality. I think decent people uh, and I'm not saying everyone was involved. I'm sure there are plenty of decent people who walked away. But those who didn't walk away, 
were just there, got caught up in the moment and, and decided to, that, you know, this was all fine and dandy because everyone else was doing it. You know, it, it's, it's, it's just toxic. And I think the, the lack of organization, the lack of leadership, um, it's, you know, you've done so much harm to the cause that you espouse or the causes, because I'm sure there were multiple people with multiple kinds of different grievances there yesterday, that I can barely put it into words. Why? Mm. Like, uh, and, and what have you gained? I mean, what, 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 how are things better today than they were yesterday? Yeah, anyway. I don't want to sound like a schoolmarm, but, but it's important to say these things because if you... Yeah, like obviously, John, it's not everybody who goes. But the point is that like, it, it, you know, it, 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 it should be called out on the basis that like, I don't, that this, this seems to be about 15 different issues like at this protest. It's about, you know, loads of different things. Like even if you have valid points on some of them, you just completely like devalued, deval- devalidated, whatever the whole your whole cause with this. And people who want to portray this image that you know, far, there's no issues with any of the the um, gender immigration. There's no issues with any of that, and it's just far right extremists who are even talking about it. Well, we'll dine out on this for the next six weeks. Mm. Brilliant. Well done. If not, not, well. if, if not longer, if not, yeah. Longer. I mean, I still, I still like to put the boot into Paul Murphy and his water charge protests, where they kidnapped uh, some politicians and wouldn't let them out of their car, and that was how many years ago. So I'm sure they'll be still dying out on this. So, like, you know what I mean? It's it sticks, and people don't like it. People get, you know, rightfully very angry about this kind of carry on, and that this has done the co- like their causes no, absolutely no. Uh, good, but the idea that you know, gripped media writing articles is the cause, or David Quinn, or any of that is farcical and nonsense. And there, you know, there's also just, there's there's also a double standard. There's also totally. a, double sta- a, a double standard here because nobody ever holds the the mainstream centre left responsible for yeah. the movies on the left wing. Paul Murphy so who was who was to blame for Paul Murphy's protest then? Yeah, what, exactly. what media outlet was to blame for that? It's it's um it's incredible. answers on a postcard, please. Um, like nonsense. It's no like you know nobody, no media outlet is causing these kind of things. Peep the people who are there throwing a bottle are, and I bet you the people who are violent and who are going in there and who are trying to cause trouble. Like I said before, they don't have an ideology. They're just like trouble. Mm. Some of them, that's not but, nice, sure they are. But look, uh, it's it, it's just one of these things. I mean, the the, the the other thing is that why it's important not to lose perspective because while you have managed to make yourselves very unpopular, the issues that that these people have, um, which were not very well expressed yesterday, but the, they aren't going away. And if I, I think one of the things that the, the Irish political class is absolutely palpably desperate for anything that will allow them to shut down the awkward conversations that they don't want to have. And that's one of the reasons why there's, 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 I mean, I'm sorry, but there's palpable delight in some quarters about what happened yesterday because they believe yeah. now that it's an opportunity to shut down conversations that they don't want to have. And I think they'll overreach uh, in doing that because they always do because their, their first instinct, like I thought Joe Brawley, um, who hosts his own podcast, of course, um, sending a tweet today saying we must now you know, 
have the, the hate speech law passed to protect, you know, Muslims and Jews and immigrants and, you know, minorities. Yeah. I mean, you are palpably jumping on this because there are conversations not about Muslims or Jews, by the way, or about immigrants, uh, but there are conversations that people want to have that you want them to not have about the sustainability, not of, you know, no conversation with individual immigrants or the goodness or badness of individual races. That, that's nonsense. But there are conversations about our capacity to accommodate the number of people we're accommodating at a time when our own people can't find houses. You're not going to shut that conversation down no matter what law you pass. All you're going to do is alienate people further from you and you will have more events. And this is not, I know some somebody listening to this will say, oh, McGurk is threatening there'll be more events. So yesterday's event was stupid. But the angrier people you, the angrier people are, the stupider they'll get. Um, and you will have, you'll have more events like yesterday, not fewer. Um, the, the only way to thrash these issues out is to have a mature conversation about them, you know, with people who are sensible, who pledge not to attack their politicians. But, but this is the thing as well, like you, if you don't, and it goes back, it's the same thing over and over again, it's the same in America, it's the same in everything, that if you disengage people like completely, if you make them not a part of the conversation, it's like they feel like they're not even a part of that society, like they've got nothing to lose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're not invested in, aren't they? They feel like there's just us and them and you know what I mean? So like throwing bottles and it just doesn't feel like, do you know what I mean? Like, like Michael Healy Ray is not my local TV. He's not like, you know, but I kind of have, well, I kind of have a fondness for Michael Healy Ray. I always have. It's kind of a, you know, he's, he is what he is and he's, you know, kind of a type of politician that I quite like in a way. Um, But like, I think that, you know, the the TDs in in Leinster House, like the, I'm an Irish citizen. They should they they're ours. They're our go like they're our public representatives. They should feel they do feel ours. Like them, love them, whatever you know. The ones that you like, the ones some you agree with more than others, whatever. But if you're completely disenfranchised from society and you completely feel like nobody listens to you and no conversation is ever had with you about the things that are of concern to you, well then those TDs just feel like some kind of other establishment that's not a part, you're not a part of. And so the it's easier to almost throw bottles at them. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like yeah. they just feel like they they feel like they're not they're nothing. You know, like like I can name TDs in Leinster House that I absolutely disagree with every single thing they think or you know believe or do on a day-to-day basis as a, as a politician. But I would never want anything bad to happen to them. They're as human beings. But if I'm completely disenfranchised, maybe I don't give a shit. But and this, that's, what, that's what's happening, I think. This is the other thing, though. I mean, if you are somebody with the kind of concerns that, that, that the people yesterday have, and, and they are concerns that I also have. I mean, I, I was not there yesterday. I would never have been there yesterday. But there, there, there's, some, there's some overlap between the concerns those people purport to have and the concerns I have. Why would you attack Michael Healy Ray? He's one of 14 TDs in the Dáil, maybe 13, 13 or 14, but not very many, who voted against the hate speech bill that has you and the rest of us quite upset, as the as the event last Saturday showed. Um, he is somebody who has persistently spoken out um, during COVID on the lockdowns. He was one of the few voices of sense saying we need to open up, this can't go on. Um, he is he's, he's one of the few people in the country to air a contrary opinion on 
for example, the gender issue and what should be taught in schools. You're attacking him? I mean, it, it literally just seemed like it was so demented that it was just like, find the nearest person we can roar at. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, it, it, it's 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 bananas. Um, but I think the, the 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 other issue here in relation to to all of this is the um, the sort of policing of it as well. I mean, I don't understand how those people were allowed to get so close to um, Leinster House in the first place. I'm also not. I'm also not clear how it was that it was it was thought appropriate when, at that point in the day, the Marion Square side of Leinster House was open. To march any TD through that crowd when they were clearly so angry. Um, I, I I think like there are there are lots of lessons to be to be learned from this. And but the other point I want to make is I don't know where all the you know there was there were people there with a noose yesterday. There was there was clearly a lot of abusive behaviour. They're all talking about the need for a new a new hate speech law, and yet there is existing legislation that makes all of this sort of stuff illegal, and no one is talking about imposing it. Why is that? You know, mm-hmm. there's the 1989 Incitement to Violence Act, which absolutely covers hanging people in effigy outside Leinster House, and no one's interested in in in, in prosecuting anyone over that law. I suspect and I fear because they would rather they think that doing that would undermine the cause for a new hate speech law. Maybe that's conspiratorial thinking. But I think there's something to it. We'll expand on that a bit. I, I don't know. So what what are you saying? That I'm saying we already we already have on the books on the statute books the 1989 incitement to violence and incitement to hatred. Yeah, it's it's there to cover situations exactly like this where violence is incited against somebody in public, which is a breach of Irish law. Clearly, mm-hmm. if you are hanging people in effigy, um, you are by any reasonable or objective standard saying that they deserve to be hanged or or harm should come to them. And that is, to my mind, incitement to violence. There's a law in the books for it already. Why are you talking about a new law when you could prosecute people or take prosecutions under that law? Um, I think that that is, but everyone's out today saying, oh, we need, this is why we need the new hate speech law. I think there is a push for this law because, not because of what happened yesterday, but because they want to expand it to things that didn't happen yesterday, like people being misgendered and so on. And they're reluctant to deal with um, actual events under the legislation that already covers those events because they would just rather have a new law. There you go. Domagurk conspiracy theorist. Wow. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, like, on the subject of the guards, yeah, I was kind of surprised that they walked, like, he could have, Michael Lee Ray could have been really hurt there. Like, in the video that I saw, the bottle came over his shoulder. Like, you know, he been seriously injured. And there was only two guards with him from what I could see. They could have been overcome by mob and seriously hurt. Mm-hmm. So I was quite surprised that they walked him through the crowd. Was he insisting on leaving? Because from what I read, there was people, you know, were stuck in Leinster House for a period and, you know, weren't allowed to leave. So I think that was, I think that was later in the day. That was Right, so this was, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, like in terms of conspiracy theories, well, John, usually you're, yourself and myself agree in the sense that we just think that they just 
aren't really we, we we don't believe in conspiracy theories most of the time because we no. don't think they have the ability or the organizational skills. Ne- never attribute never never attribute to a conspiracy <laughs> that which can be explained by incompetence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, um, I would say that there's not a conspiracy to not prosecute people based on what happened yesterday. That may happen in due course. I just think that there is, there's, and I told you so, or like a kind of a, they're, they're, like I said, they're going to dine out on it now for months. And, you know, really they should be using the, every law that's available to them today. I mean, like, you know, the, even the new law is not going to be retrospective. So it's irrelevant like they're not going to be able to prosecute these people after the fact, after a law comes in next year or whenever. Mm-hmm. So really, those people should be prosecuted today under today's laws. And as you quite rightly point out, we have them. And, you know, like, I don't see why they couldn't. But it remains to be seen. You might be right. They might never. And it, it might be it might be a conspiracy theory. It might be a conspiracy. And, you know, if it is. Well, sure, it will be more cynical than we were already. But um, like I said earlier on, I think that once bottles start throwing or whatever, like water cannons should come out. I think anybody who's at that protest and went along, you know, fully, you know, uh, uh, for good reason should leave. And I think if you're at a protest and somebody starts doing stuff like that, you should leave. But I think the police should have been more heavy handed with them overall. We just can't have that outside a national parliament. Like, come on, guys. I just want to say on this water cannons point, because I know I'm going to get stick about it, um, or you're going to get stick about it, this idea that, you know, good patriots should be water cannon. That we would say that about anybody who was engaged in that kind of behavior. And by the way, if you're annoyed at me, or you're annoyed at Sarah, so would you. You would say that. If that was a protest yesterday, um, if there had been, you know, that kind of jostling and, you know, actual physical intimidation of Michael Healy Ray by a gang of um, left-wing eco-warriors or trans rights activists or whatever it was, shouting and hurling abuse, and we said they should be water cannon. You'd be you'd be agreeing with us. You'd be sitting listening to this, agreeing with us. And if you're not sitting and agreeing with us, just because it's the other side, then you're saying that behavior can be excused based on what side people are on, which, you know, wait till they use that against you, which they will. Um, so, I mean, I think, Sarah, it's fair to say, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you'd agree, water cannon anybody who's behaving like that. Absolutely. Like, that's the, 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 the thing is that, like, one of the things I don't like about Ireland, right, like today, and the, you know, the kind of like the, we'll call them the woke classes and, you know, being on the right side and the wrong side is the, one rule for them and another rule for us mm-hmm. attitude that people have. So I'm not going to be like that. And I'm going to say that any person, whether they whether I agree with every principle they have, every opinion they have, every stand they have stance they have on any issue, if I agree with every single thing they think, I'm still going to say they should be water cannon down the street if they're trying bottles and punches at politicians. The end of like I'm, I'm going to say you should be water cannon down the road, no matter what. If that's the what, what the way you're behaving, you have lost any argument. You have, you have damaged your cause, whatever it might be. And I just, you know, but I don't think 
I still don't believe that the, that the person who's doing that, the people who are acting like that, really have an ideological belief in anything. Like I just think they're just they're just there for trouble. There's an element of that, and I just I, I mean, listen, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm naive, but like I don't think that anybody um, who's throwing a bottle at Michael Healy Ray's head has sat down, read the works of Milton Friedman, and decided that you know that 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 this is the way that that, that Ireland should be run differently. No, I don't. All right. Well. I think we've talked it out as much as we can. We've just been repeating ourselves we kept talking about it. I don't think anyone's in any doubt about where either of us stand on this issue. So um, I imagine next week's YouTube comments will be fun. But we'll, we'll, we'll read them. We'll read them. And if you disagree with us, tell us and explain why. And if you explain why, we'll read it out. Um, I think that's really important to be accountable to our... our we're, we're offering you our honest opinion, which is what we're supposed to do. And if you want to offer us your honest opinion in reply, we're, we're open to it. We'll, we'll, we'll read it out, even if you disagree with it. What but do but don't forget, but don't forget that as well, that like for the next six months, minimum, every time you bring up certain issues, this is what's going to be thrown in your face. Yep. So, you know, just remember that, that that's the way this works. Not even their face. Let me throw in our face. Let me throw in my face and your face, even though we weren't there and don't endorse it. And, you know, that's just, yeah. that's, that's the, that's the, you know, a lot can be undone in two hours of foolishness anyway what do you think of poor russell brand poor russell brand um well i liked russell brand so i'm really disappointed um liked or like liked now because a lot of women apparently who like liked oh god no god no i mean (laughs) god no like oh no sorry i don't want to be cruel but no Absolutely not. Like a kind of a cross between, you know, Jack from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, absolutely not. And a wizard or something. No, no, no. Not my cup of tea in that way. I liked his, some of his comedy. I thought that that kind of, um, you know, my sister and I used to get great kick out of, you know, that kind of weirdly articulate ranting kind of comedy that he used to do. Mm. Um, and some of it was quite funny. Um but, and also, by the way, I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again just for the sake of it, even though it's kind of the ship has sailed on this. I think everybody deserves due process and everybody deserves to, you know, be like, have their name not completely destroyed in the media before they're, they're you know, given a legal hearing. But we're way beyond that. This is, the, unfortunately, I mean, I could see he released a video himself, was it on Friday or Saturday night, um, saying that this was about to come out. Like, his life and career is utterly destroyed for the foreseeable, and um, I'm not sure that that's the way to do things. Um, but apart from all of that, um, I think it looks very bad. And I think that some of the evidence that was presented in the, um, in the TV show was fairly damning and I also you know and there are people who will come at me for this I'm sure and I've had this debate with with people in the last few days actually but I think if you're a man of 29 or 30 I I really I 
I judge you if you're interested in 16 year old girls. I don't know why you would want to be interested in 16 year old girls. I don't think 30 year old men who are famous and, um, you know, in the, in on TV just fall in love with 16 year old girls who are in school. I think there's a power dynamic there that you are getting something out, a kick out of. And I think 16 year old girls, just because they've crossed a magical legal line, are children. And I really, really, really strongly object to that, even though it's not illegal. I just think it's weird, creepy. And, you know, I'm very much that's that was that that's one of the ones that really to me I was just like, ugh. Um but once again, um not the first person in, in media circles apparently hiding in plain sight. And I've noticed on my social media reels in the last couple of days, you know, excerpts from interviews with all kinds of famous people for the last 10 years where they're alluding to making jokes or suggesting that he is some kind of predator. So once again, hiding in plain sight, another one. Why did nobody say anything? Well, that's a... Why did nobody say anything? Is is you know? There's so many times you can ask you can ask that question about so many people. And of course, now they're all brave. Oh, now I knew, I knew all along. You know, I was you know I saw I saw some um, female comedian Catherine Ryan, I think her name was, in America, revealed that she had called him out years ago on television, um, not by name though, but that's who she was talking about. Well, gee, well done you. Um, can I just say a couple of things about? guilty until proven innocent, because I think it's really important that that is upheld, but I also think it's really important that that is understood for what it is, which is a legal principle, rather than restricting anyone from having an opinion or expressing an opinion on a matter of public interest, which is not before the courts, because this is not before the courts. Um, Russell Brand is clearly an innocent man before the law. Um, He has not been convicted of anything, to my knowledge, although you can correct me if I'm wrong, he has not even been charged or arrested for any crime. So he is innocent. And what I really take issue with before I talk about Russell Brand is the way in modern society which um, extrajudicial punishments are applied by non-state actors. So you have YouTube demonetizing the guy and saying, you know, he makes the bulk of his income or a substantial portion of his income from YouTube. He will no longer be allowed to earn money on our platform. I mean, on what legal basis? Um, yeah. you, you are I mean, you are using your power as a multinational company, a global institution, to bankrupt somebody because you think, on the basis of no no adjudicated evidence in a court, that they may or may not be guilty of a- a- allegations that are made against them. That is an astonishing, to my mind, abuse of power. Um, he's not your employee. He's not somebody, it's not like a Mason Greenwood situation at Manchester United where you're suspending and pending the outcome of an investigation on full pay. Because that's very important to say in those kind of, because people will make this, they'll say, well, you know, if you're accused of something, you're often suspended. Rightly so, but you're suspended on full pay. Um, Like, for example, Mason Greenwood, which I think is a very analogous situation of somebody who wasn't prosecuted, but there was clearly significant evidence to suggest wrongdoing. You know, there's there's an analogous that's a very analogous situation. Uh, YouTube, this isn't their employee; they're demonetizing. The worst one was I saw Rumble, which is at the sort of YouTube's you know upstart rival, 
published a letter they had received from, from various members of the British Parliament asking them to take the same action. So you have members of the UK House of Commons, including some Conservatives who should know better, writing to a private company asking them to take punitive uh, action against a private citizen on the basis of unproven allegations. What? I mean, whatever you think about Russell Brand, that should horrify people and that should that should really give us pause for thought because it could be any one of us next for any reason, whether we're guilty, whether we're innocent. So I thought it was important to say that. That said, um, <laughs> I mean, I... I read the text messages. Um, and like, I, I say this, I'm a Manchester United fan. Um, I love Manchester United. Mason Greenwood was our best young player in, in years. Uh, are, are you familiar with that story? Where basically, yeah. there, was, there was a recording leaked by a woman who uh, has not been identified, and I can't identify her, but you might figure out that she was in a relationship or close to Mason Greenwood at some stage, basically recorded him essentially coercing her into sex. Um, I would put the evidence against Brand in a similar kind of category in that it is overwhelming and compelling. Um, and it is very unlikely in my mind that uh, that there is an innocent explanation for all of this. And even if there was for the text messages, the point you make about a 16-year-old is very well met. And I, I'd say one other thing. This is where I'm going to get in trouble. Um, but I, I'm in enough trouble this week, so I might as well... Uh, go on, yeah. Go add, on. Add, add, add yeah. more to it. Which is yeah. that I think when you have somebody like him who is a self-confessed sex addict, uh, rec- recovering. I, I, I'm not saying he's currently, you know, but, you know, just like an alcoholic. I presume once an alcoholic, also, always an alcoholic. Oh, mm. sex addict! Like, okay, I'll get to that. You're just a pervert. Okay. We can talk about this in a minute, but in any case, uh, he—that's what he says. He is. He's. He. He, he claims to have um, had relations with, like, I think it's. I think the number is in four figures. Um, the number of, of women, which is a, an awful lot of, you know, where do you get the where do you get the time? I mean, legitimately, there's 365 days in a year. Where do you get the time? Um, I think when uh, most of us can't relate to living a life like that, and I would imagine that if you do live a life like that, and you are somebody who's rich and somebody who's famous and somebody who is apparently has no real issue with um, finding a female companion for the evening and everyone's saying yes to you all the time, I would imagine that um, it is very possible that you might not recognize a no when you hear it because you're so unused to hearing it. Um, especially if that no is not communicated in as clearly a clearer way as maybe you might expect to be communicated. So I, I or, or you're so used to everyone saying yes that you get a kick out of someone saying that. I mean, we, were, we don't know. Like, I just think... Uh, yeah, I think Ricky Gervais, Ricky Gervais or someone had a funny bit one time and it was like, you know, if you're rich and famous, you're a sex addict. And if you're an average show, you're just a pervert. Like, you know, it's it's sex addict. It's just a fiend who went around having sex with as many people as possible because he's a messed up guy. He was also a heroin addict at one point. You know, like he's a very messed up guy and he's gone from one kind of like obsessive to the next over the years whether it's drugs whether it's women whether it's fame um, whether it's the next you know his current uh, um, wellness you know obsession he's now a wellness person he's an addict and he's you know behaved really badly and I think that during one of his his sex addict I'll, I'll allow the phrase even though I 
frankly, roll my eyes at it. Um, he was, it looks like, behaving immorally, potentially illegally, and just downright grimly. Like a, and the, you know, chickens or whatever have come home to roost here. And, you know, everybody apparently knew about it. Nobody said anything. Same old, same old. But, you know, I, yeah, I think he deserves due process or whatever. But if, if, if even half of this is true, he should be going to jail. Well, that I mean, is for, that's for the legal system to decide. He, some of these offences may be beyond in various jurisdictions, the statute of limitations, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I uh, uh, well, I don't know about the UK, but it's not sexual things don't really have um, some, of, some of these were in the US I don't know maybe there's not a statute uh, anyway I think it's well known isn't it that the longer you get from a sexual offence the harder it is to secure a conviction um, that's, which is unfortunate but that's just I think what I think what's I think what's more interesting about this is the I I actually am surprised I have to say that you know, over the years, given the people in high profile positions who hid, as I say, in plain sight, who were carrying out, you know, the like crimes against, you know, children or women or whatever, that that this was another person who was well known, like talked about behind the scenes as doing these kind of things. And yet still nobody said anything. So I am surprised about that. Mm. Now, I'm sure over time it'll emerge like, I mean, you're, you're saying about Catherine Ryan. I watched a clip of her talking about this person, and 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 uh, um, which now turns out to be him, and talking about, like, I can't name this person because they're extremely litigious. But there is a person in the comedy scene who, you know what I mean? I mean, it's a lot more than other people did, John. Yeah, maybe, maybe I was too harsh, Catherine Ryan. I take your point. And she says that she said it to him as well, that you're, you are a predator. Like... That's more than, you know, now we have people coming out saying, oh, well, he touched my leg one time and he's this and he's that way. And we all knew this and we all knew that. You never said anything. At least she tried something. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I apologize. I want to apologize to Catherine Ryan. I'm sure she's just, um, <laughs> An avid listener. An avid but, listener. But, um, yeah, you're, you know, that, that point is, is is well made. Can I talk, though, a little bit? Because I've been very eager and I think it's really important uh, and I'm eager to get guests on this show over the next couple of months. I won't put a timeline on it there hard to get to talk about the sort of sexual revolution in general and its impact on women because as a man I'm fascinated by it because I look at this guy with um, a thousand notches on his bedpost or whatever he claims to, to have and no one seems to really dispute the figure um, and I look at his conduct and he's not been charged and no one has said he did anything criminal or wrong in relation to his mm-hmm. conduct with for example Andrew Sachs's granddaughter where he oh, yeah. had a relationship with her and then made the most awful jokes about her, including like jokes about her period and stuff, to her grandfather on um on they rang national, him. national radio. Um, oh gross. Yeah. Like how is it I mean I, I how is it the women think they emerged as the victors from the sexual revolution? Like how how do you what do you think you won? I mean, there used to be a time when like if you had sex with a man he was expected to give you something in return. And I don't mean like purely material things, but he was expected to like 
yeah, I, I speak plainly. He expects to work for it, right? He expected to work for it, mm. and he was expected to make it like not so transactional as to make it worth your while or anything. But he expected to like you know to wait, and you were supposed to be confident that he was emotionally attached to you um, and that he cared for you and all the rest of it. Like, where has that security gone for women? Um, now you're just like you're just one of a thousand on some guy's bedpost and you're expected to like, you know, get up the next morning, walk out the door and be like, Oh, I can absolutely do that. I'm a strong, empowered woman. And I don't think women are as wired that way as men are. And I, I, oh, I, I think th- that I think you're, I think you're right. That like, I, I don't think that women are able to have some are before people come for me. So I'm sure some are, absolutely. but I think, I think that most women aren't able to have sex in the transactional way that men are. I think they, to use the young people's phrase, catch feelings easier. And um, but I also think that a lot of, uh, like, I think a lot of men don't see that. For example, I'm thinking of a, a person now who years ago he's quite well known. He's not um, a politician you're, at all. You're not going to do a Catherine be. Ryan here on this podcast. No, no, I'm not. Okay. No, I'm not at all. Um, but he's a household person who was very well known on the scene of Dublin for being a bit of a, um, a rep, player, man about town, and a player. Right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know this, and um, I he asked me out on a date. And I told a friend, a female friend of mine, I said, oh, blah, 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 has asked me on a date or whatever. And she said, well, just so you know, like, he's this, he's this. He was with my friend. He did this, this and this to her and he did this, whatever. And I burned him. I never went. I was so turned off at the idea that that's who he was, that I was had no interest in meeting him. And I think that there's a little known thing about, like... So if you look at like the likes of Russell Brand, I think a lot of women just find that. Yeah, I'm sure there are women who go, oh, my God, guess what? I was with Russell Brand. But I think a lot of women find that kind of behavior really off-putting. And I think it's underestimated how much like men are damaged, but damaged their own reputation by that carry on with women. That women will Mm -hmm. be chatting to each other behind the scenes, that they'll talk about it. And that his chances of having like an actual meaningful relationship and connection with women is damaged by that kind of behavior even though people like will always hear oh women women who speak around you know that's damaged and you know but men can do whatever they want and it doesn't have consequences it does it does like different that. kind of consequences yeah. though i think there are different kind of consequences because there's a like you know um there are a lot of men who'd be very comfortable with the reputation of a player and they're i think very there are significantly fewer women who will be comfortable with that reputation. And also, as men, we have the luxury of later in life going, oh, yeah, well, I was young and stupid, I was young and stupid, but now I've settled down and I'm ready to be responsible. Whereas, um, and I agree, there's an element of sexism to this, but like, there's still a degree to which that kind of reputation follows a woman around in a way it doesn't follow around a man, I think. Maybe maybe you're you're saying I'm wrong, but I, I would have thought that was the case. No, I think I, I I think it's more. I think it follows a woman more, but I don't think. But I think that the there's often a suggestion that it doesn't follow a man at all, and I don't think that's true. I think that women, like you know, women are women have to grow up faster than men. Women have to think about you know contraception and pregnancy and that potential outcomes of that in a different way than men do like the whole scene is different for men and I 
completely I'm grateful all the time that I you know met Keith long before I had to be ever involved in any kind of online dating tinder swipe left swipe right or whatever all of that crap is because I think that that's turned adult or human like done terrible things to adult relationships and how people meet people I mean like I have a brother and a sister. My sister is seven years younger than me. She's with somebody, but before she, when she was single, I remember saying to her one time, oh, like, you know, in bars, you know, bars and out and whatever. And she said, oh, nobody meets people that way anymore. It's all on the apps. And that kind of, like, I, I don't think, I don't think necessarily any relationship I had in my life, um, you know, like boyfriends before Keith, I would have swiped left or right based on, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it diminishes human attraction and human the interactions down to this base level of a photo and a description. It's all nonsense. So, like, I think that you know how men and women interact these days is is purely transactional. I I have friends who are on the apps and you know they meet up, you, you have sex with someone, you never hear from them again. Like appalling stuff, terrible, it's, terrible stuff. Like, sounds like, sounds sounds for, great if you're a man. But like really, like I, okay. If you're listening to this and you meet women on apps, go out with them for dinner, sleep with them, and then just never contact them again, you are not a nice human being. Like I'm sorry, like just come on, like no. But the, 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 there's the other thing. If you're on an app like that, the very thing that you were talking about before, the Women's Intelligence Network, that's taken out of commission. Because like it's not, it's not somebody you've met amongst your friends, right? It's just some random handsome guy on an app. So you know, unless 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 one of your own friends has been duped by the same chap, um, bye bye to the female intelligence network for want of a better term. So the the costs are lower. This is what this is my thesis that the sexual rev- and it's not a new thesis. It's been written about convincingly by by a couple of very much smarter women than than me. Not that I'm a woman, but women who are very much smarter than me have written about this. And I, I think it's it's a really important conversation because I just think that objectively women have been screwed by the modern sexual revolution in a way that men haven't. Because I'm telling you, I, I, obviously I'm a different person now than when I was younger, but if, if I was like a 22, 23-year-old guy and you told me there's this amazing app which allows you to meet loads of women and like have a, really, have a, like a very brief fling and then like just move on to the next one, I would have said, yeah, sounds a good way to pass time. Well, I'm very that, disappointed in you, John. You, I, I'm, I'm, not talk, I'm not talking <laughs> I'm about I'm very disappointed in 23-year-old you. Uh, well, 23-year-old you is a pup. Well, the other thing is, of course, 23-year-old me on one of those apps probably would not have been swiped right right on very often. So, like, you know, it's 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 uh it's academic. And and I shouldn't I shouldn't personalize it in that way, but I think it's it's it it, it this thing that setup suits men much more than it suits women. Uh, and that's how you end up I, I I'm not aware of any single woman outside the adult entertainment history industry in in the modern world who would say like Russell Brand does that they've had a thousand partners um, and I think that that says it all well that's but, an interesting point yeah okay fair enough but it's a conversation but it's I, a con- but I don't con- think that anybody but you're but like but you're saying that as in like that you know men will be put off but I don't think there's any women who go oh yeah that's great like I love the sound of the fact that my you know this guy I'm dating has slept with a thousand women I think it's mm. really off-putting no- no matter whether it's a man or a woman, it's just gross. You've, you know, like, you know, I'm I'm not suggesting that every sexual encounter adults have has to be 
you know, Romeo and Juliet. But to diminish it down to such a disgusting transactional thing as to be doing it thousands and tens of thousands of times twice a day and different people like Russell Brand does is crass and gross and just not attractive. I do I not dis- think I, 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 there's I, women out there who go, oh, yeah, that's hot. Just yeah. don't. I, I do not disagree, but I think it's a conversation I'd, I'd like to have in more depth on this podcast with some guests, if we can find them, maybe from maybe from different perspectives. Who knows? Um, anyway, I think we'll leave it there because I think we're just about at an hour for this week. And if you've been listening, I mean, I wonder, I mean, but maybe a lot of people got really annoyed with us earlier on the show and didn't hang on. Um, we'll find out. But like, I, you know, we stand over what we said because I think it's important that it needs to be said. Um, am, I, am I naive, John, that like... I don't even fully understand. So that so, what what the suggestion is that because some of the people who are at that protest might have some views that are in line with ours, we should just accept them behaving anyway. I think like, there's. Really I, 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 that, I, I, do they? I think there are some people out there who kind of see what we do as being an important voice, conscious of the establishment. Um, and I would agree with that. I think I think that's that's what we try to be. And I, when I say we, I both mean this podcast and sort of the wider grip project. Yeah, and I think yeah. I think therefore they kind of feel like we should be on their side. And I'm not talking. About, I want to say I'm not talking specifically about the 200 people at the protest. I'm not talking about. The, I'm talking about the people maybe who kind of look at the pylon and the opportunism and say, why aren't you talking more about that than the, than, you know, whatever, whatever kerfuffle happened yesterday. And sure it was only a small thing in the grand scheme of things. And why are you joining the lefties and condemning? There'll be some of that. And um, because those okay. people kind of, those people kind of feel like our job is to be on their side and represent their voice. And I would agree that it is, but I also think that it's dishonest to tell those people what they want to hear rather than what we honestly think. Um, and, you know, if that costs us, anyone's trust i'm sorry but it will be dishonest to retain your trust by telling you lies that's that's my view which i'm sure you agree with yeah i i don't i don't we're not we're no i'm never going to you know it's 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 doing it's falling into the trap that people on 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 other issues do which is that they because they agree with one part of what Mm -hmm. people are doing they just stay quiet on the rest of it no Mm -hmm. can't do that like you've 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 lost the argument when you start throwing bottles or whatever. We're never going to agree with that. We 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 do acknowledge, we did acknowledge in this podcast that there's a pile on, that people will dine out on this, whatever. But the reason that that opportunity has been given is because people brought violence to something that didn't wasn't necessary. Exactly. So They also distracted, and this is going to, I'm going to wind things up, by the, they're kind of distracted from the fact that yesterday the doll returned, which means that our long news drought is over, um, which is both good and bad. Good because there'll be more for us to talk about. Bad because there'll be more for us to talk about. Um, <laughs> and little of it, I suspect, will be good. But we will talk about whatever happens there and elsewhere on the next edition uh, of the week that really was. So until then, until next week, from Sarah and from me, bye-bye and have a great week. <laughs>